and welcome back to the Net Zero Nation podcast, the official podcast of the Net Zero organization. I'm your host, Angela Betancourt, and I'm thankful you have tuned in for this episode this week. Our guest this week is Marielle Prion. As a sustainability and climate advocate, Marielle has been a dynamic force in championing environmental protection, women's rights, and youth empowerment. Her journey is truly remarkable. From being an influential youth leader and a key member of the Climate Reality Project Philippines to shining in the world of beauty pageants where she uses her platform to amplify her cause. Holding titles such as Miss Teen Glam Philippines 2019 and Miss Teen Glam International 2020, Marielle embodies the spirit of advocacy through action. Her multifaceted role also includes engaging with NGOs and volunteering in various initiatives aligned with the UN Sustainability Development Goals. It is an absolute honor to have her here today, and I encourage you to read her full bio on the website. Marielle, thank you so much for being on the Net Zero Nation podcast. It is wonderful um, to have you as a guest. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Wonderful. So let's get started. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about your journey into environmental advocacy and what motivated you to become a sustainability and climate advocate? Sure. My journey started all the way back to my childhood because I grew up in a mountainous region here in my province. I'm from the province of Rizal in the Philippines. And during my childhood, I would spend my time around nature. I would go for a walk and it's just filled with luscious green forests and rolling hills. So I developed a natural appreciation for the environment. And it's also because of my father. He's also a nature lover like me, and he influenced me a lot to care for our environment. And as I grew up, I began to notice some changes in my surroundings, especially in the city, because during the weekend, we have a family tradition of always going to Manila and visiting some malls and we go for a lunch. And at a young age of around six or seven, I would begin to question what's going on with my surroundings. I would often ask my parents, why is the river polluted? Why is it so dirty? Why aren't the people doing anything about it? What can I do about it? And at that time, my parents cannot give a direct answer because they were surprised with me. How come a six-year-old would ask those kinds of questions? Right. And yeah, and then as I grew older during high school, I began to join organizations. And at the age of 17, I became the president of the Bedan Environmental Philosophers Organization. And that's where my journey with nonprofit organizations started. And so today, because of my involvement with NGOs, I became more aware about climate change, the impacts of our human behavior towards our surroundings and the consequences of our actions. And that's why I became an advocate for climate action because here in the Philippines, we are the most vulnerable country to climate change because Mm. of our location. And because of that, we would receive the most impact of the climate crisis. And that makes me worry a lot, knowing the science behind it and being educated about it. I am now more concerned of what will happen to us in the future. And that's why I am fighting and standing for climate action. 
Well, thank you so much for doing that because the climate, you know, climate change is a global issue. It's a global problem. And as you mentioned, your region is vulnerable to climate change and the actions or the inactions that happen around the world has a direct impact, right? And so it's wonderful that you, as from such an early age, saw this interest and are now actually doing something about it. Um, I want to touch on your beauty pageant background in a moment, but first I'd like to ask you about your platform more, more specifically, and what are some of the strategies you use to promote and encourage people to adopt um, sustainability and better practices in their lives? Okay, thank you for that. Um, before I joined beauty pageants, I first educated myself on the matter. Um, as I've mentioned, I've been involved with NGOs for over six years now. And before I entered the world of pageantry, I was first in the realm of advocacy building. I was still in the process of learning and educating myself and building a wide network of advocates and people who truly care about our environment. And one of the platforms that I really focused on during my time in pageantry was education, because that is really important, because you cannot protect what you do not know. And that was my motivation for the entire reign. It was to make the people aware of what's going on. So I used my platform as a beauty queen through social media because my reign, the majority of my reign was during the pandemic. It was around 2020 up until last year of 2022. So I maximized my platform in social media. I built um, networks and connections with people from all around the world. I joined forums and talks, and I used my social media, Instagram and Facebook to share what's going on in our environment, not just here in the Philippines, but around the world. That's super interesting because I think that you're looking at these two um, worlds of pageantry and then advocacy and how you've brought them both together. How has your experience as Miss Teen Glam International 2020 give, opened doors or created new, new opportunities for you to continue your sustainability work? During my reign, it was really challenging at first because it was during the lockdown period. You cannot go out, right? Mm -hmm. So social media was my main platform at the time. And at first, I felt defeated, to be honest, because I won during a face-to-face -face competition. It was around January before COVID. So I thought that my reign would be filled with travels, you know, getting to know people from different cultures and communities, going to a different country and such for engagements. But all of that didn't happen because of the lockdown. And it made me feel as if that all of my hard work was for nothing. But... Mm. Yeah, but then again, I reminded myself why I'm here in the first place, and that is to advocate for my cause. So that became my core. It became my source of strength to push on despite the situation. And because of it, I adapted. And I said to myself, wait a minute, there's still a way. I can still fulfill my promise and my mission. And because there's still social media, so that's what I did. Um, I reached out to people through Instagram. I partnered with organizations. 
And I never thought that I would reach out to people from Europe, from Africa, from the Americas, from Asia. And that's when you realize how impactful your platform can be as long as you are genuine, you are truthful, and as long as your actions will always come from your heart. So pageantry is so much more than just the glitz and glamour. It's also about what you can contribute to the world with your advocacy and your platform. I appreciate you being so honest and open about what that experience was like to to have a reign during the lockdown and to have those feelings of of being defeated. And I love that you turned that around and found such a positive way to do what you're passionate about. And I I agree with you when you talk about pageantry is there's so much more to it. Right. And I think it sounds to me like you're reaching people that you probably wouldn't have reached otherwise. Um, I think it's really important in this kind of, in the fight against climate change to reach people um, that that would normally perhaps not hear the message about climate change. And you've used your um, pageantry background and your platform to reach these new people. What has been some of the response from young people that follow you, that you um, that you reach out to, what has been their response to your work and to climate change overall? Okay, so climate change is a global issue. And sometimes it's hard for us to um, reach out to people and to feel the kind of impact that we're making. And there was a moment where I was asking myself, am I really making an impact towards the people around me? Like, was everything that I'm, I was doing for the past six years worth it? And um, just last year, I interviewed someone who was looking up to me and she told me that I was her source of inspiration and she was inspired by the things that I was doing for the environment. And I also found out that my friends as well back in high school um, would compliment me about the advocacy work that I was doing. And I was really surprised that I had some former schoolmates and batchmates who are now advocates for the environment. And the people that I was with during my high school days, when I was a um, the president of the organization, I now know that they're becoming leaders themselves. They're now reaching out to a lot of people. They're also continuing on the mission that we started back in high school and, and up until now in the present. So it makes you feel that you're not alone and that everything that you're doing was worth it. And I'm also glad to say that the people that I've reached out to for the past two years during my pageant ring, people from all over the world, like Europe and the Americas, um, I would see them doing a lot of advocacy work as well in towards um, the environment, mental health, youth empowerment. So it caused a ripple effect. And I'm very glad that um, a lot of people are now becoming more aware of certain global issues and that they're maximizing their own platform to raise out and to be a role model to others. It's beautiful that you've been such an inspiration to other people and, and such a good role model and, and to know that people have looked up to you and that you are actually having an impact. And I've seen your work and I've seen what you've been posting. And I think you are definitely having an impact. 
so that's really wonderful that that you're that you're doing this work. And so in that same in the same conversation, what advice do you have for individuals who want to start advocating for climate action? Perhaps, you know, they've seen your work, they've seen your your Instagram, they've they follow you and now they're asking themselves, how can I get started? What can I do? So what advice would you have for them? That's a great question. And actually, it's, it's very timely because just two days ago, a friend of mine reached out and asked the same question. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I told that person and my advice to everyone as well is to first educate yourself. Education is very important because as I've mentioned, you need to know what you're dealing with especially climate change, because climate change is not just about the changing of seasons and the weather, it's also knowing the science behind it and to know what kind of impact we're truly making. And so my advice would be first is to educate yourself, join forums and talks, um, do your own research. And if you're still at school, um, make use of your education and appreciate um, the subjects that you have, especially in earth science. And second is to find a focus. It took me around a decade to find my focus on climate action because um, during my childhood, I was only concerned of keeping my surroundings clean. And at that time, I still don't know what I'm really fighting for. But as I grew older and I had more experience and connections with people, the more that I became aware of what I really want to focus on, and that is climate change. So. It's okay to start with caring for the earth. That's a great start. But as you go along, you need to find what really um, touches your heart. Is it for ocean conservation? Is it for um, reforestation? Is it for biodiversity or all of the above? That depends on you. And I would say that it's okay to be multi-passionate. You can be an advocate for climate action and at the same time advocate for women empowerment. Because at the end of the day, all of those causes are connected, just like the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals. Mm -hmm. um, you, cannot, you cannot just accomplish one goal. You need to accomplish all of those goals to meet a better future. So again, number one, educate yourself. Number two, find your focus. Take your time. There's no need to rush. It may take weeks or months. For me, it took me years. So it's a lifelong journey. And number three, um, widen your connection. Um, find people who are also sharing the same mission like yours. Because sometimes, or oftentimes, um, for an advocate, we would feel that as if we're alone or we cannot find people who are advocating the same cause as us. But if we're able to find the right group of people through NGOs or other groups and organizations, you will realize that you're not alone in this fight. There are people who will be with you and who will stand with you with your mission. And lastly, um, be consistent with your cause. It's not enough to just um, fight for climate change in, in a year or in a month. It's a lifelong journey, as I've said before, um, because climate action is a lifelong process for all of us, for all generations. It must be... It can only be solved through intergenerational solidarity. If the youth and people of all ages will work together, then and only then can we find the solutions that we're looking for. 
And lastly, take good care of yourself. I've experienced a lot of burnouts and times Oof. that I can't work because I push myself too hard. So yeah, take good care of yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Take some time to rest or to catch up on your hobbies. And it's okay to pause from time to time. Yeah, so that would be it. That's all of it. Everything you just said is incredible. I'm I'm sitting here taking notes. I just felt, I, I feel super inspired by everything you just said. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, it's such, everything you said is so powerful, especially um, not burning out, right? Um, that's advice that I can certainly take to heart because I do tend to push myself sometimes too much. Um, I want to do too much. I want to accomplish too much. I want to take on the world. And I think a lot of people listening to this can relate to this. So incredible points. Thank you for sharing that. So I, I want to talk to you now about the day-to-day and how can individuals, how can each one of us be a little bit more sustainable in our everyday, especially when we like fashion and when we like beauty and when we like these types of, you know, consumerist type of activities that oftentimes contribute a lot to um, environmental issues. So how do you integrate your passion for these things, for fashion, for beauty, with your commitment to sustainability? Okay, um, first off, it's very hard to change one's lifestyle. And my college degree is actually behavioral sciences. And we discussed this in class before during my undergraduate days. And we even had a subject just for human behavior, for the change in human behavior called change management. And I would say it's very difficult because there's a process to do it, to accomplish it. But Mm -hmm. it all relies on your own willpower. And I remember just a month ago, I had a talk at a university and I asked three questions to the audience. The first one is, can we change? And they all said, yes. My next question is, should we change? And they said, yes. And then my third question was, will we change? Mm. And all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, I received mixed reactions. People saying yes, people saying no, people saying I don't know. <laughs> so, so from that question alone, I realized that, okay, so we know that we should change, but it is difficult for us individuals to change because it is hard to change our daily routine, the lifestyle that we got used to. And for me, that became a challenge as well. During my preteens, I was a shopaholic. I would enjoy shopping almost on a weekly basis. But as I grew older and I became much more aware of what's going on in our environment, the more I became educated about it. And the more that I realized the impact that we're making, that's when I told myself that, I had to change, I have to change my behavior, especially my consumerist behavior. And so today, um, I only buy what I need. I no longer go for shopping sprees at the mall or online. Well, in fact, I'm not even a fan of online shopping. And all of that changed simply because of the realization of the impact that I'm making. And the reality of being an advocate because I cannot advocate for climate change and and sustainability if I myself am not practicing it. So the first thing that I did was to focus on one action and that is to control my shopping behavior. It took me a few years to accomplish that. And after that, 
I focus now on my plastic consumerism. Mm. I need to be self-aware because that's the first part. You need to become self-aware of what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. So um, each time that I would visit cafes or stores and restaurants, um, today I would request the cashier or the waiter if my drinks could be um could be served in a glass or in a cup as long as it's not in plastic or I would refuse plastic straws every now and then. So it really starts with you. It starts with your behavior and your self-awareness and how willing you are to change because it is so easy to say people should do this, people should do that, but you yourself are having a hard time changing that kind of behavior. So you need to walk the talk and it's okay if you're only doing it um for the first time you don't have to be consistent like every day as long as you know that you are um willing to change and it's okay to make mistakes as i would say because there are times that i would forget to bring my bamboo straw with me so but i would tell myself that okay i forgot but it's okay the next time i'll bring it i will not forget about it the next time and being um, a sustainable individual, it takes practice. It takes time. It is not a one-day process. You cannot say, I am now a sustainable person in just one week because you must change your lifestyle and you have to be willing to make the step, to make the change. So right. even if I've been advocating for a long time, I'm still struggling um, in terms of changing my ways, but I'm very much willing to do it. And and that's and what you said there is extremely important to to note because, as you mentioned, it's a journey and it's not a perfect journey. But anything that any self the fact that you're self aware is a huge first step for anyone. And mm-hmm. and I myself I'm on a sustainability journey and it's far from perfect but I am very mindful each day to say, what can I do today? That's going to be a little bit more sustainable. What's going, what am I doing today that, that can put me on the right track and keep me on the right track. And I think showing yourself grace is extremely important. So I'm so happy that you mentioned that because I think there are, there are people out there that think it's, you know, zero to a hundred in two days and don't realize that it is a slower process. It's an imperfect process where you sometimes do forget your bamboo straws. Sometimes I forget to bring my my bags to the grocery store because I left them in the house and then now they're giving me a plastic bag. And so it's it's really about being mindful and being patient with yourself as well. So I think it's so important that you that you mention that point. So I, I want to um, talk to you a little bit about the future and what your aspirations are. What do you, what's next for you? What are you working on? What do you hope to, to achieve in the realm of environmental advocacy? Well, to start, I am a fresh graduate. I just graduated a few months ago. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So my focus as of now, since I spent a majority of my college years online because of the pandemic, I am now finding ways of honing my skills further 
in-person skills like event hosting, public speaking, and um, event management. So that's what I'm working on right now. For the past few months after I graduated, I focused more on honing my skills by joining NGOs, talks, and forums, by being involved in public speaking, hosting events, and by doing more environment work in person instead of online, just to balance my load of experiences so that when I enter the workforce, I'll be much more prepared and ready to face it. And I want to work in the field of sustainability and in corporate management, and I want to focus on CSR or corporate social responsibility mm-hmm. because I know that it's not just the NGOs or the civil society who must work for a better tomorrow, but people who are also working in corporations and in the government, they must also participate with us and to join us with this mission because the world is at stake. And I realized that if I could become the bridge that could merge the worlds of people from the corporate area and the people who are from the nonprofit organizations, then maybe we could find more ways to build collaborations and partnerships towards a better and a climate resilient future. Mariel, your future is incredibly bright. Um, I love everything you just said, and I, I'm rooting for you. I think you're going to do incredible things. I can already tell. And you're an amazing public speaker. You, you certainly need to be doing more of that because you're fantastic. And I'm just really excited that you were able to come on to this podcast and share so much wisdom and so much, uh, so many good tips and advice. I want to wrap up, um, but I wanted to see if there was anything else you wanted to share with the listeners. Okay, so for my last message in this podcast is actually this week is very crucial because it is Climate Change Consciousness Week. So it's very timely in having this podcast with you and by sharing my climate journey with all of you. And so in celebration of this week, I would just like to say that climate change or the climate crisis is the most pressing issue of our time. And even though that we are being affected by the consequence of climate change, it is not too late. There is still hope and it can be found through us, through our actions and the people that we reach out to. And that despite the issues that is going on, um, you must not lose hope and always look for the good side of life and what we can accomplish together. As long as, um, as long as there are people who are willing to stand with us, people who are willing to change and as long as we are here in this world, there's still time to make things right. What a perfect way to end this podcast. That's, again, you are such a force. You're so inspiring and you're so positive. That's, that's very much needed when it comes to this conversation about climate change is optimism and the hope that we can all still come together to correct what we've done wrong, but also create a brighter future for all of us. So Marielle, thank you again so, so much for being a guest on this podcast. I'm going to link all of your things to the on the website, on the podcast page, so that listeners can find, um, find you on Instagram, connect with you, uh, and learn a little bit more about you. 
Um, as always, to our listeners, you can visit our website, um, netzeropledge.org, to learn more about our organization and to learn a little bit more about um, carbon reduction and carbon offsetting on your own sustainability journey. Marielle, thank you again so, so much. And I look forward, I look forward to seeing all of the things that you're going to be doing. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I really had fun. Thank you.